Oh my god. I was standing here waiting until the wind let up in a small... Welcome to the Explorer of Wear podcast where we explore the world through hiking trails, go and see some amazing places, and meet the people who love and protect them. This episode is brought to you by the Santier Nipisiquit Mi'kmaq Trail topo map. It's a beautiful map of the whole Nipisiquit Trail, two-sided in some other sections since it's such a long trail. It's a 141 kilometer trail. It goes all the way from Mount Carlton Park to the kind of in the western part of the province. Falls the Nipisiquit River all the way across to Bathurst. So basically crosses, I'd say about half of the province. This is a beautiful topo map that's not only for hiking, but it also has all what you need if you want to canoe it. It shows the class of rapids on the river. It shows where the campsites are. It even has some inlays of the history of the trail, when to hike the trail, how to get there, planning ahead. The thing about Nipisqua Trail that we love is they have these big teepees, which you can actually put your tent right inside, but around each of the teepees, they also have some amazing platforms built. So an amazing trail and a beautiful map to go with it. And it's a very remote wilderness trail. So if you're planning on hiking this trail or paddling some of the Nipisquit River, then consider picking up the Nipisquit Mi'kmaq trail map. The map's available at the exploreeverywheremedia.com web store, or you can go to the Hiking MB website and click on any of the links to the store and it'll take you right there. This episode's brought to you by the Yankee. For anybody who hasn't heard of the Yankee, what it is, is it's it's a small clip that you clip on your belt and it's retractable. So you can hear that, that it retracts and flips back in, kind of like uh, you can get keychains and stuff that do that. But then it has a little clip on it and it's attached to it's a small cloth, which is made of a nice soft fiber. I can't remember what the fibers are, but you can look on the website. But what it's for is you hook it on your belt. If you're going out and doing any strenuous hiking, And like me, I don't like wearing a headband or anything on my head. It drives me crazy when I do. So when I sweat on the trail and and sweat starts dripping in my eyes, this is great to just grab it. It's on your belt. Grab it, wipe off your brow, get rid of the sweat, and then it retracts. Just let it go and it retracts back to your belt. The other great thing about it is because of that clasp on the little attachment that you can pull off the cloth part and you just throw it in the washing machine when you get home and wash it just like with your regular laundry. So it's great for that. I've also used it for cleaning my camera lens when it's, it's, it's damp out or I'm getting water on my lens around a waterfall. Pull it out when you need it and let it go when you don't. If you're looking for a Yankee, they're available in different colors and patterns. Hopefully I'll get some uh, New Brunswick pattern ones in again soon. The one I'm holding now has actually the Yankee logo on it, but there's different colors. So check it out on the exploreeverywheremedia.com website or go to the Hiking MB website and click on any of the store links. Welcome to episode 15 of the Explorer Wear podcast. Just got back from holidays. We were in Grand Manan for a week. We went on a Monday, came back a Sunday. So we have lots of content from there. I did two interviews, so that'll be two upcoming podcast episodes. Also, before that, I did an interview with Toon Pronk, who is a geologist for the province. Talked about the geology, the amazing rocks, which actually was a good lead into Grand Manan because 
Grandma Nan has some amazing geology and such a diversity of geology across the island. It's a split geologically, but it also we also found some really cool rock outcrops and stuff on Ross Island, which is really fascinating, really cool spot. Upcoming episodes will be on Grandma Nan with some interviews. I'm excited to start editing those, see how they turned out. This week though, I'm going back to about a month ago, back in July, early July, when I got a chance to go on the Pisquit Trail for a quick hike. Conditions weren't great. Just goes to show that a good adventure, you don't know what you're gonna find. And if you stay home every time it's a chance of rain or bad conditions, then you'll miss out on a lot. So we usually tend to go out when it's gonna be chance of rain and we get lucky most of the time that it doesn't rain or just rains a little bit, but this time, it went the other way and it was pretty uh it rained quite a bit the flies were bad but still it was a great little hike just uh exploring the Nipisqua trail on a section that i'd never been on before talked a bit about the Nipisqua trail in the intro and actually during the hike itself but the Nipisqua trail i haven't done an episode on it yet hopefully hike a longer distance sometime before winter the good thing about the Nipisqua Trail, if you don't know about the Nipisqua Trail, you heard a bit about it on the intro, but the Nipisqua Trail is a 141 kilometer trail that goes all the way from Mount Carlton all the way to Bathurst along the Nipisqua River. The good thing about it is that it is in sections that are kind of manageable sections. So the first section actually goes through the city of, starts at Daly Point to the east of Bathurst, which is an amazing spot to explore. Uh, do an episode about that at some point. But it goes through the city on rail beds. Actually, there's a trail through the woods to get to the rail bed from Daly Point. Then it goes through the tr city on old rail bed trails. Then it gets to rough waters where it, it starts into the woods. And that first section from rough waters past Pabano Falls, which you might have heard me mention before. I did one about Lamprey, one of the episodes. So it goes past that and that section ends at Middle Landing. It doesn't end at Middle Landing, it keeps going. But that section goes to Middle Landing, which is a paved road that crosses the trail. So that's a good access point. And that's about a 20 kilometer stretch. I think it's about 10 kilometers across Bathurst to get to Rough Waters. From Rough Waters to Middle Landing is about 20 kilometers. Uh, from Middle Landing to Heasteel Bridge, which is the next big section, which is where I hiked a bit of, is about 30 kilometers. And if I'm not mistaken, it just progressively adds on 10 kilometers. So the next section from Heasteel Bridge up to Popple Depot, where the main gravel road crosses again, is in that 40 kilometer range, if I'm not mistaken. I'd have to check the map. And then beyond that, from Popple Depot, it basically goes through the woods to Mount Carlton Park. And I can't remember what the distance is on that. The distance is as you go further out on the main sections, and these are main sections with main road crossings. Uh, Heastill Bridge is a gravel road, but it's still, it's a nice gravel road up to Heastill Bridge, and you can drive out to Bathurst that way, or turn left and go up to Popple Depot, which is a, another crossing that is gravel. But Middle Landing and Rough Waters is all pavement access. A little bit of gravel at Rough Waters just to get to the trail itself. The trail is through the wilderness of northern New Brunswick. It's 
very little access to cell phone. Once you get past Pavano Falls Middle Landing area, you're getting very spotty on any access to anything. It's, it's fairly flat trail, so if you're used to hiking the Fundy footpath or something similar to that, then you can cover a lot more ground. It still takes about seven to 10 days if you did a through hike of it, but you can cover a lot more ground faster because for the most part, it's not that hilly. It follows the river valley, so it's fairly flat. The hilliest section was also the section I was in near Heastill Bridge. So below Heastill Bridge, if you look on the Hiking MB website, you'll see an elevation graph that shows the ups and downs of the trail. And if you look closely, you'll notice that the section with the most ups and downs is actually that part below Heastill Bridge down to the, I think it's Nipisqua Dam, so Nipisqua Falls which is in that section. But there's a lot of ups and downs. You go up to the plateau, walk along the top of the cliffs for a while, not really cliffs, kind of hills, looking down at the river, and then you drop down into the river valley into floodplains, and then you climb back up again. So there's a lot of ups and downs in that section, but for the most part, the rest of it is fairly flat. Love to get the chance at some point to do a through hike of it. With the kids, it's very difficult to get away for that long. So for now, I'll be doing section hikes, probably day hikes out of the Miramichi, maybe even get an overnighter out of it. We've hiked the section from Rough Waters up to Middle Landing. I guess we went the other way. We've hiked a section up at Pentland Brook, which is, I forget the letters, but it's up past Popple Depot. It's way up in the woods in between Popple Depot and Mount Carlton Park. Pretty flat stretch. Had to cross the river to get to it. With this one, I hiked a little bit around the Heastill Bridge, just below it. I like to hike more of that section. But there's so much left to explore. We've probably done a total of maybe 40 kilometers. I don't even think it would be that much. I think we might've did 30, 35 kilometers of the 141 kilometer trail. So there's so much left to explore up in that area. If you're thinking about hiking that area, highly recommend getting one of the maps. The maps are great reference when you get out there and you don't know. In this episode, um, I didn't look at the map first. I knew where the access, I did to get to the access, but then after I got out on the trail, it was raining, so I didn't take it out. But it is waterproof. Didn't know where the campsite was that I hiked down to, so I hiked on an access trail that went down past the campsite. Once I got out the map and looked at it, it all made sense to me. It's just a, it's an invaluable resource for hiking that trail. I mentioned the main access points to the trail. There is also many, 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 I think in almost every letter of the alphabet, it goes up to, I think, T or U. They have accesses lettered. And the main accesses I mentioned, but there's also lots of access points in between those main access points. So up until Heastill Bridge, the access points are actually uh, from gravel roads to the south of the Nipisquit River. So for the most part you can drive to them or close to them, the access trails, and then hike in from there. Above Heastill Bridge, the main gravel road above Heastill Bridge goes along the north of the river. So all of the access points from there up to, I think, pretty much all the way to Mount Carlton are or once you have to wade across the river. At that point though, the river is, gets shallower and shallower as you go, so it's not hard to wade across. When we went across at Pentland Brook last, I guess it was two years ago, in the fall, 
It was really cold water, but it was only up to just below our knees when we crossed. Wide river, not hard to cross. Might be a little more difficult when you get closer to Heastale Bridge because it's, it's getting into a bigger river at that point and there's lots of streams flowing to it by that point, but just the option of all those other access points is great to be able to explore parts of this trail without having to do a through hike. So with that, I'm excited about the upcoming episodes. I want to get back to explore some more, hopefully before winter of the Nipisqua Trail. I've got a planned camp slash hike of Mount Carlton. I'm going to try to stay at the Headwaters campsite on, in September with a buddy of mine. First time I've ever stayed at the Headwaters campsite. Uh, first time I've ever seen anybody stay there. I don't know if many people do. It, it looked fairly open. But the plan is to hike up to Headwaters, set up camp, hike along around some of the peaks. A buddy of mine never been to the peaks up there before. We usually go down the Mount Katahdin for a hike every year or around Baxter State Park. Because of COVID this year, the border's closed. So we're gonna head up to Mount Carlton and we're going to camp at Headwaters campsite, which is backcountry campsite. It's about a kilometer from the peak on the ridge. Explore the peaks for the day and then hike back out in the morning. So looking forward to that. Another thing that's on the schedule to do, which the summer's not over yet, it's only the 1st of August, is we're going to PEI for four days, I think at the third week of August. Hopefully get some exploring done on the trails in PEI. For the most part in PEI so far, we've done the trails within the National Park, Prince Edward Island National Park, so Cavendish, uh, Greenwich Dunes, which is amazing. I did Mooney's Pond last year and explored Fort Amherst, which is almost across from Charlottetown. Hopefully get to explore some trails. I'd love to do more to the northwest of the island. I uh, haven't been up that way for a really long time. I'd like to explore that way. We're actually staying in Cavendish. Maybe even get a chance to hike out to the end of Cavendish Dune, which is a pretty significant walk in itself. But uh, also try and relax before it gets in the fall. We've got one of my daughters going to university in the fall and the kids back in school. It gets pretty hectic in September. So with that, let's go on a hike of the Nipisquit Trail. Quick hike in the rain with the flies. Be glad that you're listening to this from your car or from home. Thank you for listening. But this one's a little bit wet and I have an encounter with an animal that was uh, pretty exciting. I drove back up to the Nipisquit River by Heastill Bridge. I'm sitting looking at Heastill Bridge now. Just gonna get out at point L on the map and head on the Nipisquit Trail downriver. But as soon as I got here and started getting ready, it started raining. So I'm gonna try and wait till the rain holds off a bit just to get started. I know I'm probably gonna get wet. It's really warm out, it's 27 degrees. I think it feels like 36 with the humidity, so it's a really humid day. Hopefully the rain will cool things off, but I just don't wanna get my camera equipment all wet getting set up. So I'm going to hopefully wait till this cloud goes over and then get started. I waited for 20 minutes and the rain's letting up a bit, but it's still raining quite hard. It doesn't look like it's a shower. It looks like it's going to continue to rain. What I'm going to do now is turn this into a reconnaissance mission. I'm going to go back to Taylor Road, which is a gravel road 
that runs down the south side of the Nipisquit River and accesses a lot of the access trails to the uh, Nipisquit Trail. Cross over there, see how far I can get. Uh, maybe check out a few of the access trails to see how good a shape they're in for future. If the rain lets up at some point, maybe down the trail some, maybe I'll uh, go in one of the access trails and hike a bit of it, but uh, it's not looking like it's gonna let up at all. Sometimes with the way the forecast was, it was kind of chance of rain, like less than one millimeter. Sometimes that doesn't really come about, uh, but it looks like this time it's gone the other way and it's actually constant rain. But better to come and check it out and not get the chance to than to miss it all together if it didn't rain. So let's go see if we can find some of the access trails. I got to K access and uh, it has actually stopped raining whether I'm ahead of it or behind it or whether it's going to continue to rain at some point. If you had a four-wheel drive and didn't mind scratching your vehicle, you could go in a little bit further, but basically park by the Taylor Brook Road and walk in this old road and head straight for the river. And then basically I think I'm gonna to turn to the right because then I can leave the section between here and Heastale Bridge for another day. Go out and see how wet I can get and how much it's gonna rain. I might be back really soon. Oh my God. And the mosquitoes are absolutely horrendous. So put the bug spray on right away. Oh my God. I can't seem to find batteries at work. So that should be interesting. Filling my car full of uh, mosquitoes. just a steady decline on an old road like I say if you had a small truck that you didn't care about getting it scratched you could easily come down in here but ATV would be very easy to come down in here flies aren't too bad now that I'm moving and covered in bug spray and I can hear a brook off to my right I think and I can see the stream valley which I think is called coal brook or something like that I'll check the map when I get down here the access trail is well signed Another nice sign showing a, actually pointing to a campsite. So there must be a campsite right at the end of this access. It's really weird. I've come to a, oh, interesting. I've come to a place where it's blue ribbon and the sign says there's a nice trail off to the right here with blue ribbons down through the woods. But on the ground, the arrows are pointing to keep going on the road. I am going to follow the ribbons and see what I come to. I'm curious, wonder what the arrows are for though. Beautiful birch stand, hardwood stand that dips down into the stream valley beside me. I think there's a crossing here. I'm not sure if I have to put on my wet shoes for that or not, but I think we're soon gonna be crossing the stream. Well, I'm not having much luck. I came down over a hardwood ridge and I found a bunch of campsites down by the stream, which are beautiful. But I was going to GPS them and I noticed that my GPS is no longer in my pocket. I didn't zipper that up when I put it back in. 
and it's probably way back up by the junction. I'm hoping that the trail continues past this and I don't have to go too far to find my GPS, but of course it's gray, so it's hard to find. But I left my backpack down here because I'm gonna come back down once I find it. At least GPS the campsites. Hopefully the trail keeps going so I don't have to climb this hill six times. And I'm hoping that the GPS isn't far up the hill here. I found my GPS, it was actually right at the junction of the trail. Definitely zipping up that pocket. So now I gotta work my way back down to the campsite. It's starting to rain, of course. So far not too bad, but if it starts to rain like it did before where it just wasn't letting up, I have to call her quits and go back to the car. But at least I'll get the GPS these campsites. I'd like to take a look at the map and see what uh, I won't get to pay attention, the trail just kind of... It's well ribboned. I'm hoping it keeps going by this campsite. Because then I can keep going on the trail instead of climbing back up out of here once again. And the good thing is I'm seeing lots of signs of moose, but not anything too fresh. So hopefully we get to see a moose out of this. So far isn't going very well. It's still nice to be out in the woods. It's so humid. I don't mind the rain a bit, but it's hard to keep the camera equipment dry and not fogging up. It just becomes annoying after a while if you're trying to take pictures. So if it starts to rain much, I have to put my camera away in the backpack and take out my rain jacket, which is probably too hot to wear. But we'll figure it out. If, like me, you don't have enough time to hike this whole trail, which is seven to 10 days, 140 kilometers, then you can section hike it. There's a lot of access points. There's some main ones like Heath Steel Bridge, Middle Landing, but there's a bunch in between like this one, this K. Back to the campsite now. Beautiful stream. Gonna GPS the platforms. I see there's a teepee down in the woods. And then see what else we can find. By the teepee, I can see the sign. It's actually the Otter Campsite. So I gotta check the map, but those mosquitoes are just horrendous. You forget how bad mosquitoes can be until you get in this kind of situation. I've put on bug spray a couple times now, but they're just incessant. My legs are just warm with them. Uh, but it does look like the trail keeps going down towards the river. I'd like to at least get to the river before I call it quits. It's sprinkling a bit, but not raining too hard. I made it down to point K access on the trail and that actually is a side access trail. The, the campsite's actually up the access trail so I'm guessing I'll have to go back up through that when I go back but right now I'm gonna, I've hit the river. I can't see it because of the brush but I'm gonna turn right and go down along the river for a ways. Hopefully, hopefully, hopefully the mosquitoes will let up out by the river. There'll be a bit of a breeze but it doesn't look like it. At least the rain's holding off, but the humidity is crazy. It's supposed to be plus 36 with the humidity today. I'm just sweating, even standing still. Can't stand still though, because the mosquitoes will drive you nuts. Hopefully it's just some flat hiking now and get some distance in. I just spooked a woodcock out of the bushes. Scared me a bit, right by the river. It's nice to see the river. I 
good news is I think I can cross the stream pretty easy without getting my feet wet. Um, bad news is I had to walk through deep wet grass to get to it, so I'm pretty much soaked from the knees down anyways. There's actually a bit of a breeze picked up, which I'm hoping doesn't bring the rain, but it is some nice to keep the flies off. The flies are just crazy. It's 10 after 6 now. I think I'm going to try for another hour or so if it doesn't rain or if I don't run into anything else. Then I have to turn back, get back to the car before dark. I brought four AAA batteries, but I didn't realize my spot device takes AAA batteries, so I put them in that. I was saving them for my headlamp in case I'm in the dark. I think there's still some juice left in the ones I have in there, and the spot shouldn't take them down too much. But I'm at a AAA battery, so I'm gonna have to go buy some. I just passed a sign that says Coles Brook, so that's the brook I just crossed. But when I just come in the woods a little bit, the trail actually goes up over a steep hill. So hopefully that means there's some views up above. But this section basically below Heath Steel Bridge is the most up and down section of the whole trail to be expected. So now I gotta climb the hill. That was a bit of a struggle to get up over that hill. The trail is really easy to follow, it's cut out well, but it's still not well worn, so on that steep hill there's a few sections that were slippery and not good footing. Not undercut so you can have like a wide path to walk on. Kind of still the angled hill. But, like I say, easy enough to follow. Beautiful trail up above the... You can look down at the river now every once in a while and breaking the trees. All kinds of signs of moose. And that squirrel just scared me. And uh, hopefully we get to see a moose, but I gotta stop talking for that, I guess. The trail comes down through a stream valley and then kind of leads out into the floodplain next to the river. Beautiful section of river. It'd be nice to have a canoe. Mosquitoes are still terrible. Drive me nuts. I'm sweating like crazy because of the humidity. So everything's wet. It hasn't rained, but everything's wet. Trug along for a bit longer and see how far I can get before seven. I gotta turn around. I just found a nice rock to sit on. I came out to the river. There's a little trail I came out to the river. Just looked up past enough to see a bald eagle fly up river. I don't think he's coming back. And then I look to the right here, just near me, and there's a little killdeer on the rock. Got some pictures of him. I got some really distant pictures of the bald eagle. If you look further down on the bend in the river, it's a bird coming back. I don't know what kind of bird that is. But on the bend in the river, there's uh, some cliffs, some big rocky cliffs and stuff. I'm assuming the trail goes back up over there. I found a nice sitting rock on the bend in the river. I'm gonna... Oh my god, there's a rainbow. Wow. Okay, I gotta get a picture of the rainbow. I think it's time to call it quits. It's 7.02. I was just doing a time lapse of me sitting and watching the clouds go by, hoping that the rainbow would come back, but uh, instead a big rainstorm came through and started getting everything wet, so I packed all up my bag. 
and from what I look at the map, if you go up near the cliffs, yeah, you're going to climb back up on the hill again, so I'm not going to try that tonight. Time to go back to the car. I might have to keep my camera away, so I might not get any more shots tonight. Should take me, I'm guessing, about an hour and a half to get up to where the car is. Nice breeze feels good. Oh my god, that feels good. Between keeping the mosquitoes off and the humidity, wow. Oh, and now it's raining sideways. Nice. Actually, the rain feels good, but as long as I get all my camera and stuff away, I don't care. I just enjoy, even with all that happened today with the humidity and the flies and the, uh, and the rain, the rain held off actually pretty nicely, so it's not too bad. I can't complain about that. But just to sit on a rock and listen to the river go by, it's so mesmerizing. It's just it's absolutely relaxing. I wish I had a kayak and I could just float down to Bathurst. Really nice section of river to canoe on. A little shallow in places, but not too bad. Well, I made it back to Coal Brook and it is a downpour. So I had to put the camera away. It feels kind of good because it's so muggy out, but all my equipment's away for now. It's just a matter of getting back to the access trail and then climbing back up over the hill to the car. It shouldn't take too long. But I won't be taking any more pictures than this. I don't think it's going to let up. Oh my god. <sighs> I was standing here waiting until the wane let up and a small black bear just popped its head up out of the grass probably, I'm going to say, 40 feet away. <laughs> so I made noise and he hightailed her up pretty quick. Oh my god. God, my nerves. I think it's time to move on though. He's only about a young one too. I don't care how wet it is, I'm moving on. <sighs> Good thing I looked up when he did or he would have been right on top of me. <sighs> oh my God, it's absolutely pouring. Ah. <sighs> Oh, I hope the stuff in my pack's not getting too wet. Well, I made it back to the car. I'm absolutely drenched. The last hike up from the river was an absolute downpour. I was The water was dripping right off me. My Yankee was actually very useful. On the way down, I wiped the sweat out of my eyes because of the humidity, and on the way back up, because it was raining so hard, it was washing all the bug spray that I'd put on down into my eyes and into my mouth, so it was nice to have that to wipe stuff off. Back to the car now. Don't have any towel or anything to sit on, so my seat is gonna be wet. And now it's time to make my way back. Pretty exciting hike. Didn't expect that little bear to pop his head up not far from me at all, 30 or 40 feet. It shows that you should pay attention because I was looking at my phone. I was doing panos of the stream when he popped up and I was looking at my phone and I just happened to look up 
he was running towards me and I made a sound and he looked up and turned real quick and ran back in the woods. Pretty scary because he was running right at me. If I didn't notice him sooner, he would have been right on top of me. And I made it back in record time, probably because it was pouring rain, but it's only 7.49, so 10 to 8. It only took me about 45 minutes to come up over the hill. And now I'm going to drive out back out to Heath Steel Mine and back to Miramichi and kill a thousand mosquitoes that are in my car on the way. Until next time, hope to see you on the trail.